Oh, God. Uh, you know, you have some days and you think, oh, today's an achy day. Oh, do you need a hug? No, I don't. I really don't need a hug. I've, luckily, I've kept a recording uh, of the offending incident on the overnight programme at LBC, what and I will I, be well, seeing well, legal people today. What was the offending incident? That, 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 I, that I fancy. No, I said that I think you're obsessed with me and that you are in love with me. I don't oh, think that's different. Dear Lord above. Honestly, ask, ask the cat outside. Who do I fancy more? <laughs> Mr. No, Stick of the Dump, me. don't speak any English but serve you a very nice meal over the road, or you. I said that you were in love with me. Oh, for goodness I sake. think you do love me a little bit. I don't. The more you deny, I'm the beginning more to hate think. you now. <laughs> I'm beginning to think I should, should take up knife throwing classes. <laughs> and as you walk out the door, I can pretend it's a target. Oh, I missed. I'm so sorry. Right between the shoulder blades. Um, <laughs> and the more you deny it, the more people will think you do. Of you course are. they do, because that's, that's what people's that's bitter, people twisted, tortured souls people are like. People do. Yeah. Yeah. And they understand. I'm irresistible. Yes. Well, you're certainly irresistible. I, and, and, <laughs> and luckily it will remain so. <laughs> no, I, I think most of this is just a built-up fantasy in your mind. Oh, okay. I hate to sort of, you know, break it to you because I, I think it would be cruel to be kind. Mm. And uh, not now, not in the afterlife, <laughs> not on a cloud, nothing, nothing. Get it through your head, nothing, all right? I'm beginning to feel a bit frightened and a bit scared. Well, you know, it's, I, I, I've had to come around for dinner and stuff. Yeah, I'm even more love, scared. Like I say, you've got, your, your flats are lovely on the outside. I spent, I was there about a weekend, like, just yeah. kind of hanging around, thought I'd sit outside in my car for a bit. So yes. you're coming and going, you went to the shops a couple of times. And generally quite a few times <laughs> I go to the shops. La, 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 la. Luckily, I have CCTV, not oh. only downstairs, but for the entries into the building and into the into my, my, my property as well. Yeah, I know, that's easy, but short-circuited, like, quite easy. You can't short-circuit this one. It's linked <laughs> in to the local police station, because I'm a local celebrity. <laughs> now, tell me, yeah. uh, Charlie Sheen has gone completely bonkers oh, now, he's hasn't he? Have you brush. seen him t- hanging over the balcony is with this... a machete? Yes. The trouble is, I, I mean, I don't know what, what you really do with somebody like that. He, he's mad as a, as a barrel load of badgers, as they it's, say. He totally is, though. Mm. He totally is. £800,000 a week... So about £50 million pounds you could have got for I that series. I couldn't go mad for that sort of price, could you? No. No, I don't think... I'd, I'd go mad for... I'd probably go mad for less money, actually, in fairness, I would. But the idea that all these people, they earn this, they have great adoration, they have all these things going on, and then they go round the twist. Yeah. And you think, well, you know, I know loads of people who've got a load of money, they haven't been round the twist. But I also wonder, as well, the, 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 what the rest of the cast must think, who are completely sane, worked really hard, and no, now they're, they're all job. out of a job yes, because of exactly. him. exactly. Well, I'd be going round throwing things through his window. Exactly. Oh, I would be, Sorry, <laughs> I've just got a mortgage. I've taken out the strength of this, and you, you... <laughs> Lummox. have just ruined it. Yes. Just totally ruined it. That's really quite selfish behaviour. It's very selfish. But of course, he couldn't care less because he doesn't know, does he, where he is or anything like that. I don't think he does. He's a bit like he? Prince Andrew. Another buffoon of the First Order. See, now, I like the royals, but I just wish they weren't so stupid. Well, they never used to be. Well, they always used to be, but we never heard about it. Yeah, that's the difference. It all, I'm afraid, was when Alistair Burnett did a documentary and interviewed the Queen Mother... And they go walking around the garden, her in sort of chiffon trailing out behind her, <laughs> and come up with things like, he's go, uh, tree, your majesty. And she went, tree. <laughs> and that was that. And there was no conversation. They haven't got anything to talk about. And then the queen was pictured taking tea with some elderly people. And she sat down. And quite clearly, she's got nothing in common yeah. with these people. She doesn't know what to say to them. So she went, do you like it here? <laughs> and they went, 
Yes, and that was that. And then that she sat. The only time she got animated was when she was doing horse racing. Yeah, she liked. And the she's horses. running backwards and forwards, you know, to the mm. uh, to sort of check on her bets and things like that. But the rest of the time, you shouldn't ever consider that they know anything more than we do. They, they're not. They weren't brought up any differently. Isn't it funny as well that after uh, the Duke of York has been on the front page, it's consistently for the last week. Suddenly, mm. there's this hurried visit that's been thrown together to New Zealand by Prince William. No, I didn't. I uh, see. So you, you actually thought that was a bit of a smokescreen, didn't you? Yeah, of course. I didn't. I thought that was just trying to up William's profile. Yes, because he's the only one that anyone likes at the moment, yes. I think. Well, you see, well, the Queen can't tell Andrew off. No. Because Andrew is too old and too stupid to be told off. <laughs> you know, I mean, what, 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 what can you say to him? Andrew, stay at home. Mummy, I'm not staying at home. <laughs> yes, you are. All right, stay. She can't ground you're, him. He's an idiot. Yes, you're grounded. You're not going to any more oil-rich nations. Well, strange enough, he has a friend called, I think, Gogo Ashkenazi yeah. or something like that, who's uh, an Azerbaijan billionairess at the age of about 15 or yeah. something. Who's, they, they put her down as a socialite. So she's, she's obviously got a good PR because she's had coverage in all the papers and there's rumoured to, you know, Andrew's a very good friend, but you know the sort of people he hangs around with. She's friends with Berlusconi, so I don't think you need of to course say she is. And there's that. also links with her family, I think, to the Corleone family or something. <laughs> Thing. It's, all, it's all very bizarre. The whole thing is just very, very odd. But at the end of the day, she's over here. She doesn't actually do anything. She probably has a foundation or something. But she shows off her house and how rich she is. And you know Andrew, who hasn't got threepence to rub together. Yeah. He loves money. Because all these people have got what he and his family don't have. The spending ability. Yeah. The Queen wouldn't say, let's go and drink Cristal Champagne. She'd go... Lucas aid anybody? You know, <laughs> she wouldn't. She, they just don't spend the money. So they have the palaces, which they yeah. don't own. And he's now dealing with all these rich people who are filthy rich and everything that he isn't. He's trying to sell his house as well, isn't he? He sold it. Oh, did he sell it in well, South Fork? No, Sunningdale Sun or whatever it was called. Yeah, that was the one that the Queen bought him. Yeah. That was sold years ago. Oh, was it? Oh, good gosh. This was sold to the guy from Azerbaijan, valued at 12 million. I mean, to be honest with you, it was wow. given as a wedding present for him and, and Sarah. Yeah. It was vulgar in the extreme, mm. but then he sold it for 15 million. It's in disrepair. Yes, I... I see Total disrepair. The, the, uh, the swimming pool's all caved in. People have been in there and nicked <laughs> yeah. the, the windows and you everything. You have to feel a bit yeah. sorry for them. You do. You have to. So I don't know where Andrew lives now. Does he, does he have a little house somewhere? You, know, you rent your room to him. So if you've got a spare room, you rent to him. I don't think you'd want him there. I don't <laughs> no. think he knows how to behave. But he has now been linked with this president of Azerbaijan. Yeah. Who's uh, who's accused of torture and corruption? But, but, but the is, a surprise. But the problem is that we do actually, as as many of the papers pointed out, we fifty one percent of what they buy from us, yeah. uh, of, of what they buy, comes from us. So you can understand why he maybe needs to mix with them. But I don't know if he needs to visit them quite so often. <laughs> yes, I mean to be honest with you, I, I mean, he isn't intelligent enough no. to actually hold one of these conversations. They like him because he's royal. Yeah even though they don't know what it means, they just go, as a member of the royal family, right, we need to be in with them, thinking that the Queen can actually make decisions. No. She makes no decisions whatsoever. She has no, no power. And, and Andrew, this isn't even a proper job. Yeah. I feel a bit sorry for him. But then I, I did yesterday, we, we decided that we felt sorry for Sarah Ferguson yeah. because we thought that she goes out there, she's not the brightest penny in the box, and, and she does things, and then if it all backfires, which it does, I'm afraid... She gets the blame and she has to defend Prince Andrew and say, listen, you know, he didn't know anything about it and, and I'm really sorry. And I, I keep thinking, this poor girl, she, she's sort of thrown from pillar to post. Mm. She doesn't actually have a proper job as such. And you know what? Apparently, she was the one that the Queen got on the best with. When they were married, yeah. she, the Queen and her got on very, very well, apparently. She's a right laugh, old Fergie. Yeah, she, the trouble is she's a bit too much of a laugh. <laughs> yeah. she's, she's a bit too much of a 
She's a bit blokey. Yeah. She she walks like a bloke, and she she runs like a bloke. She lost all the weight though. She did lose all the weight. Oh, you're obsessed with weight. Listen, I wish people would. I'm be obsessed, obsessed with weight. With weight. Surprised don't be obsessed you surprised seeing you every morning. I don't worry about it. Are you surprised? Are you you actually think I'm obsessed with weight? Don't worry about your weight. weight. That's really? amazing. Really? Yes. I'm not surprised. I am. I wasn't before I met you. <laughs> well, I made you insecure. <laughs> I was feeling good. quite good about it. Good. Now you won't want to go out with me. Hurrah! Oh dear. <laughs> You know, it'd be nice if we were friends. You know, we're going for dinner, aren't we? No, we don't. When? <laughs> <laughs> this weekend. I've got a th- no, this weekend's out completely. Oh, I'm... next weekend then. No, busy next weekend. Weekend after. Really busy that weekend. <laughs> weekend after that, cosmetic surgery and to change my appearance <laughs> so that you won't recognise me. There was a thing in the paper today. They were saying, would, would you have cosmetic surgery if, if you could? And I thought about it. If I won 65 million on the lottery, would I have cosmetic surgery? And the answer is, no, I wouldn't. Because I've seen so many people who've had it and it looks peculiar. People look like they've had surgery mm. and I don't want to get to that stage. I'm quite happy the way I am. I've, I've, I've had a procedure. Yes. <laughs> which which one would that be? I've, uh, no, I had I had I had I tried Botox once in my forehead. <laughs> I did. For um, what reason? Well, just because it was there. How can you iron out the Gobi Desert? I mean, it's just <laughs> not possible. You just have to put up with the fact I that we've all was, got. I'm in my early thirties. I don't think I really. Well, exactly. You shouldn't be doing anything in your early thirties. It, it was just a little experiment. Yeah. It's a little, you know, and how long did it last? About three months. Yeah, it doesn't, it? it doesn't last very did long. Did anybody go? Oh, God, you look amazing. And they did, but only the people who were there with me when I had it done. Afterwards. Oh right. <laughs> did you have it done at a party? Yeah. Yeah, they have. Is it a Botox party? Botox party. Botox you paid how party. much? I only paid ninety pound for it. Oh, that was quite good then. Yeah, for just one injection. For uh, a few, for three or four. Oh right. Yeah. See, I'd never have it done. I mean, I'd just stick needles in every day, but I wouldn't stick them in my face. No, she said that I had such good skin elsewhere. She wouldn't refuse yeah. to do it elsewhere. See, I'm actually lucky. I'm I'm blessed with smooth skin. Hmm. Yeah, OK. For my well, age. Let me take my contacts out and I'll, I'll agree. <laughs> I was told I had a schoolgirl complexion. <laughs> Which schoolgirl? They haven't quite told yeah, me. Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, we Jimmy Cranky. Oh, hi, hi, I love it. So, um, well, anyway, we've had a nice day. And it's all kicked off again in the mirror Ooh. after the silly little Denise Welsh the other day. Yes. And, uh... Jason has said, I don't care if I upset people, mm. Tim Healy's talking gibberish, my critics are clueless idiots. He's absolutely right, of course, that's why he's still on the programme. All this cobblers that the papers have put together that he's going to be fired, of course he's not going to be fired. Him. They'd have fired him at the last series. Exactly, that you would have got rid of ages ago. He's going out on the tour, he's doing everything, they love him because of the publicity. Denise Welsh can go hang outside on a washing line. Nobody's interested in silly little Denise. No. Unless, of course, the whole thing is just a giant bit of hooey. Oh, I think it's all a bit of publicity. It's a bit of publicity. Yeah. yeah, it is. You know, the more, but she didn't get invited on the tour. But the more she complains, the more she's on the, the tour. Papers. Oh, she did. Yes, she's on the tour. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, well, perfect. Yes. Well, this is all publicity for the tour. Yes, now, everyone will go and see the tour because they'll think that, uh, that yes. of course, well, Denise and Jason yes. have their thing. They'll be rehearsing it as we speak. They'll be yes, rehearsing I, the same. I'm inclined to agree. After today's bit, when he says Tim Healy is talking gibberish, I'm inclined to think the whole thing is a setup. Yeah, they'll be rehearsing it. There'll be right. a, a, a stage. Bit. When I on the Dancing on Ice tour before, they actually put. Todd Carty's. Remember Todd Carty? Yes, skated yes, off the set. yes. Well, then when you saw it on the tour, they actually had a bit where he did the routine and then he went off the set and then they'd filmed a VT of him flying through all these different dressing rooms, all these different oh, things, right. and then coming back on the other side. And I did suspect that maybe that was all part of, of it. set up. For, for when he did it on the actual original show, all part of a setup. Yeah. So that therefore when they went on the tour, everyone went to see him do that. Well, on this particular tour, they're all going to be going out to see... Um, 
Yes, you're right. It's, it's going to be Denise, isn't it? Yeah. In the same way that Anne Anne Widdicombe on the Strictly tour exactly. went they, out there to see silly little short fat woman behaving like an idiot. Yeah. Well, and you know of course, I, d- I don't want to go into show business. I yeah, feel, right. I feel bad that poor old uh, Natalie. She's uh, she is now the Anne Widdicombe of dancing on ice. Natalie, who? <laughs> oh no, what's Denise rather? Oh, Denise. Denise. Oh, she is. But then you know, it's, she's got four jobs and all this. And I'm, the worst thing was, as we said yesterday, she's only fifty-two, but she looks seventy. Yeah. That's really embarrassing. <laughs> but that, is, that's hard drinking. Yes, it was sixty-five. Now it's seventy. I love it. Could, could be old <laughs> by the weekend. I did see a very good program actually on the television. I see. I laughed at this. I can't remember what it's called now. It's where they have. It's filmed in Argentina where they jump on. It's like Just Sans oh, Frontier. Um... It's called... Oh, I can't remember, I can't remember what, what it's called. It's called. It, I laughed out loud again. Yes, you know the one they film in Argentina and it's got um, that woman narrating and people jump onto giant balls and then fall off into the water. Total wipeout. Total wipeout. I sat and watched it this morning and I, I laughed out loud as I'm having a shave because some of them were just so funny. Bounced on the balls and every time she fell off something, she screamed. Yeah. It was the funniest thing ever. Have to do the news headlines. Lovely to see you. Bless your heart. We, get over this weekend. Yep, we'll, 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 we'll do lunch. Lovely. Yeah, that'd be great. OK, I'll sort out a date. With your, with your people. 17 past six, five. These are the headlines. Prince William will visit New Zealand and Australia next week to tour areas devastated by recent natural disasters. He'll attend a memorial service in Christchurch after the earthquake there. And in Australia, he'll go to areas of Queensland and Victoria as they recover from flooding. David Cameron says he's discussed a possible no-fly zone over Libya with President Obama. The leaders talked about the response to the crisis as forces loyal to Colonel Gaddafi continue to attack rebels with rockets across the country. And millions of people could have their holiday plans disrupted after Spanish airport workers threatened a series of strikes. Airlines say they'll be forced to cancel flights if the walkouts go ahead from next month. Let's have a check on the road, shall we, for you this morning? It's Rachel Hardiman. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Well, it's not looking too bad... Morning, everybody. So I did laugh at this Total Wipeout programme because I had a woman on there and every time she fell off, she screamed as she fell in the water and it just, every time she did it, it made me laugh. And I remember sitting there thinking this morning at sort of quarter to three, you know, this must be the first programme that's actually made me laugh out loud. And I'm not a fan of Richard Hammond. I can't stand Amanda Byron, but I just love the concept of these poor people who sort of have to trudge up these slopes. If you've never seen it, you must check it out on the iPlayer. Because it's, it's so... Fa- it does make you laugh at a time when you think there's not much to laugh about in the papers. This was one of those few programmes. And then I saw another programme that made me feel quite pleased as well. I was... It was... It sort of started off and I thought, oh, here we go. It's another bunch of children that they take. These are sort of young adults. And they, they were showing you the divide and they said to all of them, and I think they took two... They, they took a black boy... Uh, from somewhere, a, a girl from Manchester, a black girl, a boy who was, his father owned a building company, and they took them to work in a care home for the elderly. And it was to show them that we're all going to get old, and at some point you're going to uh, have to do all these things. But this was at, like a care village. I think there was something like 500 elderly people in this area, and some of them needed, you know, a lot of care, like being fed. Uh, all of them or most of the ones that they, the, the kids dealt with, had to be washed, they had to change nappies. Uh, one man was doubly incontinent. And this, uh, this, 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 this black kid, he said to the camera, he said, I don't mind myself, he said, but I don't really want to do somebody else's poo and wee. And they said, but it has to be done. And he said, right, and give him his due, he did do it. But he thought at the time, he was trying to chat to some of them. And some of the elderly people, there was an 83-year-old man and the, uh, and the nurse said to him, you're going to have to feed him. 
okay, which means cutting up his food and giving it to him. But remember, he's 89. He doesn't know when he's had enough, but he'll let you know when he thinks he's had enough. So you keep going with it. So, of course, there's this poor kid sitting there, and this 89-year-old, and he was the original Victor Meldrew. He'd quite clearly been through a lot in the war, and he was... You know, he was probably frustrated at the fact that at 89, somebody had to cut his food up for him and put it in his mouth, and it was really awful. And in the end, he went, go away! Go away! And he shouted at this boy, and this boy sort of went away, and the, and the nurse said, listen, you have to, you have to go back. Let, read this. And they had a biography of this 89-year-old. He said, you read what he's about. He said, and then you'll, you'll treat him differently. And in the end, they got on really well. Because this, this guy, quite clearly had never talked to a black person in his life before, and so he, he just didn't know what was going on, and he was, he was scared, and the, the kid was scared. But the best bit was a guy who was suffering from Parkinson's, and one of the guys was a really well-spoken lad from St Albans, whose mum and dad, his, his father was a builder, and his grandfather, he was very good-looking, and he went there, and his, his first job was having to wash and bathe this old lady. And he said to the, to the nurse, he said, he said, Yes, they, they, well, because they, it's, it's standard in all care homes, and they have to ask, yeah, well, they, they did ask her and say, do you mind, and when he went in there, and he had said before to the nurse, he said, he said, will she be completely naked, and the nurse said, yeah, she's, she's 87 or something, but she said it's okay, because you, unfortunately, it's like being in hospital, you know, you, all your dignity kind of goes out the window, I know, but they don't have enough people. And they, they did check with her, and she said, yes, that was fine. In fact, as it turned out, she quite liked the idea. And he said, he said, I don't mind doing the top bit. He said, but I don't want to do it. He said, I don't want to go into it. He was ever so polite. And anyway, they got on really well, and he actually coped with it. But he goes round to this bloke's place, because they all live in bungalows and some are in the sheltered accommodation. And this bloke's sitting outside, and he's got a guitar and a mouth organ. And, and the young bloke said, he said, I'm, I'm in a band. And this bloke goes, all oh, right, he said, do you want to play some music together? And so they played a Bob Dylan number. Well, the look on this old boy's face that somebody... He said nobody sat... He said all the years I've been here, he said nobody sat down and played with... And it's all he wanted was somebody to play, play guitar with him. And when this, this boy, who was about, I don't know, 20, 21, was playing the guitar, this, this old boy gets his, his mouth organ out and stuff... And he's singing along and... It was, it was so touching. It was really... And I looked at this kid... And I thought, I hope your mum and dad in St Albans are very proud of you because you've, you've served yourself very well, very, very well indeed. Because this, this old boy said, nobody, he said, I've been here for you know, four years and nobody's ever played with it. And he sat down and they played it and, he's, and he gets his little mouth organ out and he's playing it. It was so sweet. It was so sweet. I promise you, get a chance to watch it, watch it. There was a couple of the girls had a little bit of attitude, but that's only to be expected because when you get a bit older... As she knows next door, you know, she can be a bit crotchety some days. Some days, you know, she slipped out of bed the wrong side, into the wall, you know, and she comes in, and maybe not everything is rosy in the world. So when you get to be a bit older, and you can't do what you want to do, and, you know, people have got to look after you. But in this home, I tell you, I looked at this home, and I thought they looked brilliant in there. Especially if you get the guitar played to you every day. And he was such a polite young man, and, and his mum looked really nice, and I thought, now, they're going to be so proud of him. Because when he played the guitar, and they did this... It was so sweet. It was so... So, two good things on the telly yesterday. The rest of it was crap. But, I mean, those two things were brilliant. Kind of made my day, I'm afraid. Shows what a sad day it was yesterday. And then I went out with my friend Michael. And, uh, because he's... He's trying to lose weight. 
And at this time of year, in fact, for, no, for not, not just Christo on a permanent basis, but, uh, but for a lot of people, it's the aftermath of winter. And when it's cold, you don't want to go out, you don't want to do any exercise, you can't be bothered. So what do you do? You eat. What did I not have yesterday? Pancakes. When did I remember? This morning. Because I went out for dinner yesterday, so I didn't have uh, pancakes. I wanted pancakes, but I've completely, completely forgotten about them by the time we got round to it. And uh, Michael was saying, so I bought this, this diet book. I said, listen, diets don't work. And he said, why? I said, because if diets work, there'd just be one of them. And people would stick to that one diet. That's why it's a multi-billion pound industry for people desperate for a short, quick fix. And the idea is that everybody will lose a little bit of weight. You'll lose about two pounds a week for a month and you'll go, oh, I've lost eight pounds. And then you'll hit a plateau and then you won't lose any more. And then you'll get depressed. And then you eat again and then you're back where you started. Some people you have to accept are naturally thin. Some people could eat an entire biscuit factory and not put on an ounce. Other people eat two custard creams and they're ballooning. You just have to accept the fact that if you were meant to be big-boned and slightly overweight, then you're meant to be big-boned and slightly overweight. Because otherwise, if we are all thin, we'd all live forever. And that would be pointless, wouldn't it? People have to die to make room for everybody else coming into the world. Because otherwise, we're going to be really... Cr- In this building, if all the fat people live forever, we'd be hopeless. We'd all be standing on each other's shoulders trying to get to the... Co- Can I get to the coffee machine? There's a queue of 100 people. OK, sorry, sorry. The fat ones are getting the coffee again. You know, and that kind of thing. You just have to accept the fact that not everybody's thin. You might, you might get thin for a little while. You might buy a silly DVD by a silly celebrity. You might go, oh, look, it's really worked for them. You watch. They all put it back on. Look at Natalie Cassidy. She ballooned about three times the original size. Why? Because if they're not being paid money, why should they be bothered to do it? Why, the, why should they be asked to do it? You, you can't be, can you? Somebody says, I'll give you 120,000 quid, and, or you, because they're actually going to make about 500,000. Because so desperate are the women of this country to lose weight that they'll believe Colleen Nolan. Because they take somebody from telly and they go, listen, everybody likes you, Colleen, because you like girl next door, if you live next door to the Nolans. And, um, and so they go, would you do it? And she'll go, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. How much? 120 grand. OK, so for three months... You don't see them. Like, just like Claire, Claire Nazir. Exactly the same. You see them out in a park looking all fat, because that's the picture they want you to see. You know, nobody likes seeing a fat picture of themselves, but if, it, if they're going to be paid 120 grand for it, of course they don't mind you seeing it. So they do that. Then the next time you see them, they're like pencil thin, because they've had a trainer for eight hours every day to earn their 120 grand. And then they go on and they go, I feel great. And then they start eating. And then it goes on again. And there you go. And then next year, there'll be another celebrity who even at this moment is probably doing a deal with their agent for picking up their 100,000 quid. But I tell you, it don't work. London's biggest conversation. Morning, everybody. Nice of your company. 28 minutes to six. OK, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's, let's start on the papers. I might as well get my teeth into them. Having, having had two good television programmes, which made me feel a bit, a bit better about life, uh, now we come on to um, the Daily Mirror today... And, strange enough, Christian Bale's mum... Now, I don't know anything about Christian Bale's mum, but apparently she doesn't talk to her son. They obviously had a, a falling out, and um, and so she was booked, for some reason, for, for an early morning breakfast programme. OK? Not mine, no, dear, no. She was booked for the, you know... And, anyway, at the last minute, she was cancelled... They ca- and the reason they actually cancelled her was, she says, um, I was actually told uh, I was being axed uh, because her son was a very powerful man. So, in other words, obviously somebody from the show spoke to Christian's representative, and uh, Jenny says, I'd never say anything bad about Christian, I want to make things better. 
And um, they said there was no contact with the actor's team. It was an editorial decision not to put her on there. So they cancelled her at the last minute. Seems a bit bizarre. Oscar star Bale's mum told you you'll be sued if you go on Daybreak. How ridiculous. I mean, apparently they actually fell out after Christian allegedly flew into a rage before the premiere of The Dark Knight. He was arrested when the assault charge was dropped. Isn't it awful when you fall out with your mum? You know, out of all the people you can fall out with. You know, you don't want to fall out with your mum, do you? And so they've gone, uh, best that we don't actually put you up. So they cancelled her. Don't know what she would have said, but there you go. Here she is, 52-year-old Denise, looking 100, Welsh. And, uh, and Dancing on Ice judge Jason Gardner vowing to carry on bitching on the show and put the boot into the viewers who slated him. Of course, absolutely right, Jason. Absolutely right. You don't take any notice of any little numpties. They aren't the programme makers. They aren't the people who make the decisions on who is hired and fired. And, frankly, the programme makers I know love you. The people on the show, as you know, love you. And that's why you're there. And he's been on for ages. Nobody cares about the 3,000 dimwits who wrote in. There weren't 3,000 anyway. It'll be about 12 people writing about 500 times each. And so they all write in. And they go, ooh, I think you should fire him. As if anybody's going to take any notice. Nobody's going to take any notice. He's, he's the only man making the ratings. Denise Welsh says uh, she suggested that Jason should not even be a judge, saying Karen Barber should still be on the panel. Well, she's as boring as you, Denise. Nobody is as bland as you, love. You really are. But, of course, when you've had a drink, you're very funny. But uh, that happens more and more, doesn't it, really? But um, for Karen Barber, a plank. There was more action, I'm afraid, in Sherwood Forest than there was with Karen Barber. Thank you, Popsy. Right, okay. with that? I have finished with that, yes. Should we save the cup underneath? I think so. Should we save that? Because yeah. that's not been used, has it? There we go. Look at that. We're being all economical, ladies and gentlemen. We've gone all green. I think you're right. I think it was a prayer meeting. Because, look, the lights have gone out now. That's why it's this time of the morning, isn't I'm it? I'm telling you that for ages. I know. I why, why do I never believe you? <laughs> oh, well, there you go, yes. Ever since you told me you were six foot three. <laughs> I decided then I wasn't going to believe you. Uh, here's Charlie Unhinged Sheen again, uh, drinking and brandishing a fake machete. He's just a bit daft, isn't he? You sometimes wonder whether they just do it to get publicity and then they sort of up their price. But as Christo pointed out, it hadn't occurred to me, how remiss of me to be told something by Christo, uh, when he said, what about all the people on that show who now don't have a job? And I thought, yes, you know, you're right, you selfish little so-and-so. So now all these people have lost their jobs because you're just an idiot. I do like the lucky punter. This is Steve Whiteley. Steve Whiteley uh, had a £2 bet and... Uh, I think he's actually got the biggest amount of money for two... How much did he get for his £2 bet? He had one of these accumulators. So he, it came down... He, wait a minute. He says here he actually predicted the winners running at Exeter. OK. So uh, it all came down to the last race, written by amateur jockey Jessica, who'd never had a win in 28 races. And uh, he had here in the first race... Uh, he got the spoils on two to one winner semicolon. Second choice was a twelve to one shot. Third race he backed a sixteen to one hope. Went for another sixteen to one outsider in the fourth race, followed by a five to one pick in the fifth, and they all came in. So for his two pounds, he scooped one million four hundred and twenty five thousand pounds. I bet he was happy. Can you imagine? I mean I think that's really some record because it's it's what's commonly known, I think, as an accumulator. So your, your win on there goes on to the next race. Your win on that goes on there. And so £1.4 million. I bet the bookies were spitting blood. You know, because they're really bad losers, bookies. They stand, you know, have got to pay out money. Yeah, you've taken in a fortune. And, of course, being a cash business for many of them, it's a, it's a nice, little, uh, nice little earner, as they say. Nice little earner. Here's a lovely little picture of um, 
Sarah Harding celebrating her engagement. And, uh, and of course, they've actually done it in... She's on the front cover of Hello! magazine. And to be quite honest with you, I've got no idea why. <laughs> she's, uh, she's a member of Girls Aloud who haven't had a single out in about 300 years. Um, she's had a couple of little acting jobs and she's changed her hair colour. This warrants the front page now. They'll obviously put anybody on there. So she had her engagement party the other night. And who was there? Nicola Roberts and Kimberly Walsh. Cheryl couldn't make it. She's in Los Angeles. And, and a few other little people. But there was nobody of any note whatsoever. So no, not even filling up with showbiz people. You hardly call, you know, you turn up to a party and there's Nicola Roberts and Kimberly Walsh and you go, I think we'll go somewhere else. There's a lovely little picture of, uh, of Jordan with her new little friend. This is the, uh, the Argentinian. Not the butchers thing I've ever seen, but there you go. I don't want to be cruel, but uh, in fact, uh, poor little um, Gary Cockrell's boyfriend looks somewhat butcher than the Argentinian. And they all had a little picture taken. Gary's camp at Christmas. He really is, bless his heart. And Phil just looks a little bit... I don't know, perhaps we should go back to the Botox again. But uh, Jordan was out tweeting, and they were saying she had a bit of a good night last night. And you think, as far as I know, she's still married. As I say, the children must be delighted. What's Mummy doing? She's off with another man again, I'm afraid. <laughs> off with another man. Um, another one here. Oh, a player sent off uh, nabbing a streaker. I thought streakers had had their day, to be honest with you. I mean, they were so dated. It was all... It was, it was all, it was very 80s. Well, Erica Rowe at Twickenham, you know, but that was different because she had big bosoms. And, uh, and we've had a few blokes. There was one who did it on this morning, do you with Richard and Judy? Judy couldn't turn around quick enough to see. Oh, where, 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 where is he? She was, he did it, he, he jumped onto the map. Do you remember with, with, uh, the th- Fred and, um, and then it turns out the bloke who did it had done it on loads of other programmes. I think he streaked through Vanessa's audience. Best way to be, actually. And he's also done sporting events and everything else. His name's Mark, I think, and he just streaks. And I suppose if you haven't got very much to show off, it's best to streak, you know, on those sort of events. But Judy, Judy, blissfully unaware of anything going on on the programme. Somebody jumps onto the map, which I thought was quite funny. But there's one here who, who streaked for a £100 bet, and he was wearing a mankini, so not even a proper streak. But he was grabbed by a player who was then sent off. And, uh, you know, which I think is quite funny. I think that's quite funny. Um, here's uh, Toss Daly out at the Television and Radio Industry Club Awards. And I better just tell you who actually won. Because I'm sure you're dying to know. Because I went to these last year. Do you remember the, the Trick Awards? Because Barbara went and, and Scott and Steve McFadden. No, I didn't win an award. No, I said I went to the... Oh, yes, I won an award. Yes, I, I got an award from the Lady Rattlings. Digital TV personality... Fat Boy Fat Eamon Holmes got that for digital TV personality. Uh, TV personality Harry Hill. Sports personality Gary Lineker. God, it was real numpty time, wasn't it? TV weather presenter. Okay, I have all of them. Claire Nazir. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? TV soap personality Jesse Wallace. TV arts programme Country File. I like Country File, actually. I like Country File. <laughs> digital programme The Inbetweeners. Never even heard of it. Right, don't I don't know what it is. Oh, cry. Oh, it's big comedy. TV reality show Strictly Come Dancing. TV daytime show Come Dine With Me. So that's, that's a bit of a change there. Uh, TV entertainment show Top Gear. Oh, God, what, really? That dated old twaddle. TV soap of the year, Coronation Street, and the Trick Special Award went to A Question of Sport. All very lovely. The same old people. I was enjoying the coffee then, thank you. All the same people turned up. Jason Gardner was there. You see, to all those people who said, get rid of him, he's laughing in your face. He's laughing in your face. And uh, Gary Lineker, and then Eamon Holmes with Ruth Langsford, who didn't get an award. And Peter Andre was there as well. 
Oh, how lovely. We don't know who he was with. Well, I don't know why he, was, he wasn't nominated for anything, I don't think, because it's for people on television, uh, not for anything else. But he was uh, pictured with somebody called Sasha and Brooke. I think they actually play the lesbians in Coronation Street. As if that means anything to anybody. Didn't mean anything to me at all, I'm afraid. Um, these bare-knuckle fighters, there's two, two gypsy boys here. I filled in my form today, actually. I filled in my, uh, my census. Because if you don't, it's a £1,000 fine, and I'm not, not risking a £1,000 fine. But luckily, if, if, you, if you're single, it only takes you about five minutes to fill in, because most of it's for the rest of the family and people from overseas. Then it puts down your ethnicity. I wanted to put down gypsy and traveller, because I have travelled, and, and I thought, but I, I put down English. It seemed a bit boring, really, I'm afraid. And you had to put down your employer. So I put down Global Radio, and then it said underneath, and what, what, what business are they in? I felt like writing, the clue was in Global Radio. What do you think they're in? You know, making, making Thomas the Tank Engine models out of Lego bricks. So I filled that in, and I've uh, stuck down the thing. Anyway, uh, bare-knuckle uh, fighters. This is Johnny Joyce and his brother Dougie. And um, they've actually demanded a fight for a £50,000 prize and the title King of the Gypsies. Yeah. How dated your big girls' blouses, honestly. Where are you going to get £50,000 from? Mm, let's ponder on that one for about two minutes, shall we? Also inside today, oh, Sarah Harding's party, which lasted well into the following morning. I know, the waiting staff rang about for ages to put the chairs up on the tables. And, uh, oh, this, this is the, the line-up. Uh, Cheryl Cole and Nadine Cole couldn't make it, Cheryl Cole. Uh, but uh, Kimberly Walsh went, because she was... Otherwise, not doing anything at all, I'm afraid, that night. And uh, Nicola Roberts, also not doing anything at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Jason Statham and his girlfriend, Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. Just love that name. <laughs> also Joe Wood and Will Meller. And that was the celebrity count. Oh, dear, none of your chums from, from St Trinian's, Sarah. None of your chums from the early musical days. Not, not Louis Walsh or anybody like that. In other words, nobody turned up. It was just all a bit of a disaster, but at least you got your picture of the paper, love. Again, but it's looking a bit tedious now, isn't it? Uh, Sue Johnson has hit out at the decision to axe Waking the Dead. I like Sue Johnson. I always like Sue Johnson, even when she was, uh, she was in Brookie. I always liked Sue Johnson. I just thought she was uh, great. Don't, please don't bother buying, buying a ticket for the lottery for tonight. It's mine. I've got it in the bag. 17.8 million. It is, for a rollover. However, the one I'm going for is Friday, 65 million. We were trying to work out last... You know, you always play fantasy lottery. I play it constantly. And you try and work out what you would do with 65 million. If you actually were, were lucky enough to get 65... What would you do with 65 million pounds? And the answer is, I would help, you know, a few people out. You know, you're on for a tenner. Don't, don't even thank me. You can have that for free, a whole tenner. Okay? I'll buy you another shirt. Yes, yes, you see, she started. She's a little bit Jason Gardner this morning. A little bit Jason. She, I mean, she hates this shirt. She hates it so much. She mentions it to everybody. And of course, sadly, everybody loves my shirts. Everybody loves it because I am a fashion leader. I'm the sort of person that people look at and they go, God, you need some help. And because um, you've got no idea at all. So what would you do with 65 million? I mean, I, d I, mean, I really don't know what you do with it. As you have to make sure the shock didn't kill you. To start with, and then you think sixty-five million. Six. I mean, you could buy a really big house for sixty-five million. You could, you know, you could help out family and friends. And sixty-five million. Well, I don't know what I'd do with it. First of all, I'd probably go out and buy a Big Mac. <laughs> That's a bloke who lives over the road. And uh, <laughs> no, I don't know what you do with it. 
So, some would say it's almost too much, and I would argue it's never too much. It's like, you know, do you not feel guilty taking 65 million? No, it was a competition, the prize was 65 million, I entered and I won it. Why would I feel guilty? Oh, I'd have a good old laugh. A good old laugh at that one. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Quarter to six, these are the headlines. Prince William will visit New Zealand and Australia next week to tour areas devastated by recent natural disasters. The Prince will attend a memorial service in Christchurch to remember victims of the city's devastating earthquake. Millions of people could have their holidays disrupted after Spanish airport workers threatened a series of strikes. Staff are threatening 22 days of action, starting at Easter and spreading through the summer. And the government's expected to unveil plans that will force tobacco companies to sell cigarettes in plain, unbranded packaging. Health Secretary Andrew Lansley will outline the proposals later to coincide with National No Smoking Day. Check on the roads. It's Rachel. Thanks, Steve. Well, it's still not looking too bad on the road. <laughs> found another one of these strange items from the Bradford Exchange. <laughs> you remember yesterday, it was this, the day before, it was this peculiar ring that apparently was something to do with the Indians. Today, it's Our Lady Treasury of Prayer music box. <laughs> it's so tacky, it's awful. It, inc- it includes an ornate prayer book and a file for holy water. You don't get the holy water, you've got to go to Lourdes. And, and the box plays Ave Maria. It's really tacky. It's genuine Shirovsky crystals, and it's 22-garat gold plating. And it says, it's, it's, it's just awful. I don't know who would buy it. I really don't. Anyway, it's 80 quid if you want it. And uh, they say here, uh, the exquisite, exquisite treasure of faith. Oh, dear. It's like the moneylenders, isn't it, that, you know, <laughs> Jesus threw out of the temple. I find this equal, these tacky souvenirs. Tacky, tacky. You want to go to Vatican City? I don't know if you've ever been. I have been. And everywhere they sell these tacky souvenirs. I mean, they're just awful, some of them. You know, if you were deeply religious, the last thing you'd have is, is any of these dreadfully tacky things. <laughs> awful, awful, awful. Anyway, do you remember Whiteley's department store in London? Of course I do. I've done a show from Whiteley's. Old man Whiteley built Whiteley Village for his retired workers. And it isn't cheap living there. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know about... I knew about the Bourneville village. Was that the one that was built for the Cadbury's workers, which was good? Pauline Weybridge says, is there a blue moon? I'm thinking my manager, Suzanne, might make coffee. Think again. I got a coffee this morning, though. Mainly because I can't do coffee. I get coffee every day, you know, and God, does she remind me. You get a coffee every day. Every day I make you a coffee. You know, nothing to do with the fact that I've had to stand in the kitchen waiting for the kettle to boil, having warmed the pot, and that I have to sort of fill up the jar. I can stand there for five minutes, you know, musing over my toenails, and, uh, and then pouring the water in, then stagger downstairs with it, you know, which is lovely. Uh, Mina says, happy birthday to my partner, Connor. I'm working away so he's home alone. That's what you think. <laughs> he's having a whale of a time. He just wrote to us a minute ago. He said it's party round my place. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, on the front of the sun this morning, the heating engineer who got the 1.4 million. Um, also, Harry Potter star Emma Watson. You know, having told you she's going to college in America, now she's decided she doesn't want to do that now. She's decided she wants to go back to uh, act. She's been deluged with acting work. I can't imagine why. To be honest with you, I thought she was the most wooden thing in the Harry Potter things. I really ever, never ever thought that she was a great actress at all. She said, I've decided to take a, a bit of time off. You know, obviously loves the publicity. It becomes an addiction for many of these, uh, m- uh, many of these uh, people. Uh, Furious Prince Andrew, last night forced to refute a socialite's claim that he feared for his job. This is Gogi Ashkenazi, who I mentioned earlier on. Thanks, Popsy. And, um... Lovely scarf. 
And uh, Gogi Ashkenazi, as I say, has got... She's only 31, but she's got barrel loads of money. The rest of the country, of course, living in abject poverty, but she's got barrel loads of it. And presumably that's what attracts Prince Andrew there. And uh, she actually said that she's had texts from him saying that he was very, very worried. Now, the one thing, Gogi, I'll only say this to you once, dear. The moment you talk about the royals to anybody apart from the royals is the time that they drop you like a ton of bricks because you can't be trusted, Okay, That's how it works. The system is that anything he tells you is private. Okay, The moment you go telling tales is the moment they drop you like a ton of bricks and you're all by yourself again. So uh, he apparently uh, said to her, have you seen the papers, adding he was very, very worried. I told him not to worry that he'd done nothing wrong. He's a lovely man, kind-hearted, impeccably behaved and honourable. Yeah, of course, they're easily impressed, aren't they, over in Azerbaijan. Buckingham Palace confirmed that Andrew and Goga exchanged texts, but he had not discussed his future with her. Because, of course, they really know about these kind of things. I mean, I thought that he, he probably would sort of trust her because he's been pictured with her on loads of occasions. In fact, he's pictured uh, with various people inside the uh, Daily Mail today. Here's Jordan, has devastated Alex Reed by jetting in her Argentinian toy boy to share her mansion. It's not a mansion, it's a naff house, I'm afraid, with a film crew that seems to lurk in every room. And uh, I shouldn't imagine Alex Reed is remotely interested. All he's probably saying to this boy is... Just watch her. She'll turn very nasty. She has with every single boyfriend, without exception. She's got rid of so-called friends. I'm surprised. That, I suppose she has to har- carry on with, uh, with Gary and Phil because one does her makeup and one is loosely put down in the papers now as a presenter. Of what? I've got no idea. I've, I've searched through the internet to find anything that poor old uh, Phil does, but uh, I don't know what it is. But anyway, they make a lovely couple together, all three of them, because the Argentinian, who doesn't speak a word of English, looks like he's got no idea. Although he went to an Elton John party. So I suppose, having been sort of, you know, in the higher echelons of show business homosexuality, to then plumb the depths of her house and a makeup queen, you know, isn't hardly the most exciting thing he's going to be writing home about, is it? Let's face it. I'm over here in, in England. I feel... Very, very frightened. <laughs> so you should do, love. She's already started using you for publicity. And you, of course, don't realise it. I don't watch any of these uh, awful reality shows, Steve. And even worse, the plebs who appear in them. They seem to be so far up themselves, it beggars belief. Oh, some of them are very funny. Most of them are, are just numpty. It's like they used to be very good on Deal or No Deal. But now they seem to be trawling all sorts of places, holiday villages, to find them. And people who don't appear to work. There's a lot of tattoos, and that's just on the women. So it's a little bit of a worry. Hang on. Mm, 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 mm. Oh, that coffee is really delicious. It really is, honestly. You know, sometimes you can just savour the beans and imagine, you know, what sort of life they had, you know, as, as a bean. You know, there you were as a bean. And the next minute, here you are being talked about on a programme. So, effectively, we've made the beans famous. You know, for a brief moment in their all-too-short existence. You know, from being taken and shaken and then roasted and then gently ground down. And when we say ground down, we mean ground down. And then ended up here and, you know, and I take a sip of them and I've, you know, other beans listening will be saying, I hope one day I achieve these higher echelons of being talked about on Steve Allen's early breakfast show. Talking like this has kept me in work for about 33 years, I have to tell you. Uh, when Old Meets Young was filmed in Whiteley Village near Hersham, not far from Twickenham. Aha! My father, says Jeff, spent the last three years of his life before he passed away in March last year. Thoroughly loved it. Recognised lots of the residents on the programme in the dining room you mentioned. Lots of good memories for me. Oh, that's where it's... Oh, that's Whiteley Village, is it? Aha! Ah, right. 
Oh, it looked really nice, but it was the, it was the kid from St Albans who played the guitar, who I thought was the big star for me. Nice looking, pleasant, nice pair, nice house his parents had, and uh, and he played guitar. And, and the, the happiness that he brought to people there. I mean, I thought they all did quite well. A couple of the girls had chips on their shoulders, which didn't go down too well. You have to appreciate that when you get a bit older, you know, you've earned a bit of respect. You know, which I always respect her next door. Well, because she's got a bit older now. And I like to, you know, I like to sort of hold open doors for her and then just let it go. <laughs> you know, just as she's about to walk. But, you know, it's like sort of letting her sit in the back of the car. She can, provided she sits on plastic. I'm not having any of that kind of messing going around on my sort of cream leather. Uh, Steve, I've lost three stone, 13 and a half pounds with Slimming World, getting weighed in tonight. Just half a pound to four stone. Started last March. It can be done. Oh, yes, it, I, I didn't say it couldn't be done. Keeping it off is the big problem. All the people on diets have got, it's keeping it off. It's, it's just nigh on impossible because it's a lifestyle. It's little and often and exercise. A bit like my sex life. Little and very often, you know, which is a bit sad. I like the self-deprecating thing because then you feel sorry for me. Some of you feel sorry for me. Most of you don't feel sorry for me at all. You couldn't care less, could you? I don't mind, actually. It's this time of the morning. It's pitch dark outside. What else are you going to listen to at this time? There's nothing else, is there? I came in listening to Classic FM, actually. It's very soothing in the morning. It's very soothing. I get in here and I, I, I listen to Christo. Christo I have in my shower on the radio. And then in the car this morning, which was very nice, because it's, it's a Mercedes. And, uh, and you, you can actually, you could almost stretch out on the back. It's not as big as my car, but you can actually stretch out practically on the back seat. And I'd just like to wrap my coat around me and sort of drift off. I'd have no trouble. I could drift off during this programme, actually. There's people probably listening at the moment who've drifted off. Because some people have said, you know, I sort of drift. Just when you start, I start drifting off. And I go, well, it's the best we're going to manage, actually. Uh, Jane Moore in her column today is talking about Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. And uh, it turned out to be car tyres. Oh, there's those old students again. If it's not that, they're doing crop circles in... Fi- oh, no, sorry, they're not. That's people from outer space doing it. Do, 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 do. No, it's not. It's students after a few pints of cider. They're all from the same pub. They all do it. And we, we've had discussions about crops. There's a few barmies listening who sort of think, oh, yes, crops, are, they're really from outer space. We cannot explain them in the real world. Yes, we can, the students. And luckily they film them, so they've, uh, they've got all these sort of things. And uh, Jane Moore talks about Prince Andrew. She says, now we know why Prince Andrew is so understanding of his former wife's continuing gross lack of judgment. He ain't so hot either. Now it's her turn to step forward and defend him, a mitigation that's right up there with Katie Price, asking us to forgive Charlie Sheen's attention-seeking excesses. Describing Andrew as a first-rate father and first-rate man... Sarah is trying to deflect the criticism against him by attempting to take the rap for the Prince's Association with convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. She says, I've made another huge error in my life in order to get debt free. Once again, my errors have rebounded on the man I admire most in the world. Yada, 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 says Jane Moore. She's referring to the 15 grand she accepted from Epstein to pay off one of her many creditors and appears to be suggesting that Andrew's love for her is still so great that he was prepared to place himself in a patently questionable situation to broker the deal on her behalf. That stance might cut the mustard in a Mills and Boone novel, but in the real world it's a highly dubious defence. I agree. And also, why would Andrew ask a convicted paedophile for 15 grand? Surely... He just take it, you know. If she came to me next door, if she, this is this is what you expect from loyalty, ladies and gentlemen. If she came to me and she said, "Steve, listen, I'm, I'm," you know, she picked up the phone and called me, and said, "Listen, I'm in dire straits. Can you lend me fifteen thousand quid?" That phone would be down straight away. If you'd like to win exclusive. 
Morning, everybody. Eight minutes past six. Prince Andrew lives in the Royal Lodge at Windsor now, says Elaine. After extensive renovations, he moved in after the death of the Queen Mother. I've got no time for him. Actually, I've, I've got time for him. I just think that he's not in touch with anybody else, I'm afraid. Jonathan Lever. Perhaps you should Hello, have put him on. in one of your programmes. Prince Andrew? Yes. Fern and Prince Andrew. Fern meets Prince Andrew, because didn't... didn't oh, no, it was Prince Charles, wasn't it? Fern knows, is it? Uh, wouldn't it? Fern did something with William and Harry. That's right, yeah. yes. I think I think Fern meets Prince Andrew would be quite funny. I think Fern meets Denise Richards about Charlie Sheen would be funny. Yes, I think I think Fern meets Charlie Sheen would be quite funny. Fern meets Charlie Sheen yes. because CBS didn't realise they were taking on a warlock. But somebody pointed out earlier on, Christo, in fact, that how selfish of him, because now all the people who worked on that show, everybody's lost their jobs the because of him. Team of the entire production team. Of, yeah. I don't know how many people there'd be. 60 people? 70? Bigger, probably. I bigger. Mean, it's a huge drama. It's the biggest oh. um, US sitcom, I think, at the, at the moment. He was the most highly paid TV actor in America. How over stupid. A million pounds an episode. Oh, don't. It just annoys me. Somebody's given really that funny opportunity. Show. It's a is really it? funny show. Yeah. I've never seen it. But, I mean, I just think if somebody is... You know, is earning that much money, and then to kill everybody else's career—that would—that—that that would annoy me more than anything. What do you think it is that makes people press that self-destruct button? I mean, what is it? About Drugs. That I much always thought privilege, that much money, that much power, that much success—that makes you turn um, in on yourself and destroy it all. I don't know. It was—it was like. It was like George Best, wasn't it? George Best was on this self-destruct because he, he knew he had a drink problem. Because I always think that if you have a drink problem, you know you've got a drink problem. Yeah. You must do when you go off to the pub in the morning. And the worst thing was that people kept serving him. Yeah. They carried on serving him. It became like, oh, George, can I get you a drink, George? You think, he's an alcoholic. Yeah. The same for Paul Paul Gascoigne, who's talking in the, uh, the paper today, The Express, about I've died twice. No, you haven't. Don't be silly. It's just that you're a drunk. But people crack up, don't they? Yes, I don't I mean, know look why. Look at Britney Spears shaving her head and having that sort of breakdown yes. age 22 or whatever she was at well, the time. I mean, people just, a lot of people just can't cope. But why? Why can't they? Everybody else manages to cope. Poor old Dougie out of McFly's gone into rehab. I know. And you think, why is it he seemed quite sensible. people who have a lot of real genuine stress in their lives have to cope? Well, they can't afford not to cope. They can't afford Imagine not to cope. Imagine if people it. went, went through, just... through the war and they went, oh, I'm t- I can't cope with these buzz bombs, I think I'd better go to rehab. People are going, what are you talking about? Yeah, look at Amy Winehouse with yeah. rehab. I mean, yeah. most of these people just fall apart, don't Her they? father made a career on the back of her going in and out of rehab. It still is, I think. It still is making a career on the back of you know, Winehouse. Nobody was remotely interested in him. late Greatest Hits album by now. Really? Well, yes. I don't know. He's released his own music now. Most of them made into fruit bowls, I suspect. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, it, it is just ridiculous that people now seem to melt down. The, and you've got... Who's that other one? That other stupid one who went out with Kate Moss? Who, uh, uh, Pete, Pete Doherty. Pete Doherty. Another total waste of space. Yeah. Even when he turned up in court, you know, he was playing the media. Ah, oh, the blooming hit him. I know, another one that couldn't <laughs> Just, cope with the pressure. Another that couldn't cope with the pressure, these poor little, poor little people. Anyway, today is National No Smoking Day. What method, what method do you use to give up? And it's the first day of Lent. What will you be giving up for Lent? First day of Lent today, where traditionally you're supposed to give up a couple of things, things that you're going to miss in your life. I'm actually giving up snowboarding and, uh, secondly, making cakes. I'm giving that up, I think, for Lent. And National No Smoking Day, what did you use to give up? I think a good mallet over the head, I think, is the thing that generally... I'm feeling that's somebody sort of cutting your hands off, you know, so you can't light the things. I'm not sure about National... No, I mean, obviously, it's, it 
good if people give up smoking. But these particular days for yeah. particular things don't really make much sense to me, really. I think if you want to give up, you'll, you'll give up. You have to give up. you just got to stop, don't you? Yeah. You can't. I was actually going to have sort of National Be Nice to Everybody Day, and then I thought, sod it. Can't be bothered. What's the point? You know, it's just not, not in keeping, I'm afraid. But I, I, I did give up. I couldn't do it for very long anyway. Midget. I uh, say, so, oh, you see, look, how many seconds was that? Ridiculous. I, I gave up on, on patches. Yeah. And I wouldn't smoke now. I really... I don't mind somebody smoking. I don't like them blowing it in my face. But there again, that's, that's quite normal for anybody. But it doesn't bother me if people smoke, because I always think you're going to get what I got later in life. Doesn't really bother me if people no, smoke. No, it doesn't either. bother me. No. I don't think I want them smoking in my house. No, I don't think so. I, th- I don't mind. It, it's, I, I thought about it last night, strangely enough, because I, I had this dream that I'd won the 65 million. Okay. And, and I bought this big house, and some, she came round, and, and a few other people, and she said, oh, can I, you know, is it possible to have a cigarette? And I went, no, it's not. And shoved her out in the garden, closed the doors and moved the house elsewhere. And, uh, no, you don't say, but I mean, I'm saying, that's it, but I wouldn't let people smoke in the house. Because it does permeate furniture, doesn't it? And clothes and everything it's else. Sort of on the walls. Can't yeah. I don't mind going to a barbecue and somebody having a... That doesn't no, bother me right, in the slightest. Right. You know, on su- Sunday, on your programme on Sunday, when you were talking about winning the lottery, and you said that you'd yeah. give the uh, producer of your Sunday show £15. Yeah. Would do you give me any money? No. No, no, nothing at all. No, I, but I don't know that... See, the trouble is, would you feel offended if I didn't? If you didn't, if you had sixty-five million, yes, I mean because the the worrying thing is how many hanger honours would you get? So well, in other really, words, you know, because I couldn't expect it, I wouldn't feel justified to expect any of it. I mean, I wouldn't ever speak to you again if you didn't give me a million. Pounds. Oh right, <laughs> well that's fine then, isn't it? <laughs> no, no, of course not. Because uh, I, I don't know how it. far down the line you take it. I mean, just supposing, you know, for any of you as well, if you won the money, who do you give money to? And how much money do you give to somebody? You know, but would I sort of say, listen, have a £1,000? Or would you go, mm. you just won £65 million, he gave me £1,000. So do I then give you £50,000? Do I give you a hundred? I don't know what you have to give to somebody. But isn't that funny? But it's, it's, it gets back to the Charlie Sheen thing, doesn't it? Because in a way, all it's caused, immediately, the first thing we're talking about in relation to a win is probably... Problems. Yes. So we're just talking about problems. All it's caused so far, your £65 million, is problems. Yes, yes. A worry uh, in your head about who to give money to, an expectation and feeling of ingratitude in other people's, how much I deserve, don't deserve, you deserve to give. It's just a problem. It's just I a think I would probably give friends. No wonder they turn to, yeah. you know. A hundred thousand each I would give to friends. You're not a friend, Amanda. Okay, and uh, no, you're just an acquaintance. You're on for 15 quid, all right? A hundred thousand each out of £65 million. You see, already you're now quibbling over how much money it is. That's 100,000 is loads. Oh, it's loads of money. Yeah. It's a huge amount of money. But it's money. not a, a big... What I would do is take a million out and I would give ten friends 100,000 each. Yeah. And then your... My brother would... And I keep 64... You see, look, already she's arguing about and it. And then the other ten friends that you've got that you thought were... They thought they were going to be in the first ten <laughs> would be slighted. On second thoughts, I've now decided I'm going to win the 65 million, but I'm telling nobody... Because it's, it's, it's causing arguments. You wouldn't guess. I don't think you would ever guess if I won 65 million. OK, the shirts would change a little bit and maybe a little bit more bling jewellery, but you'd never guess that I'd got 65 million. OK, which I haven't. I, want, you know, I haven't, haven't got the money. Quarter past six. With the headlines, Holly Ford. London Fire Brigade has revealed plans to save two... This morning from ten. Morning, everybody. It's uh, 19 minutes. Uh, Alex says you're not supposed to fill in the census until the 27th of March. No, the only question is, where are you going to be on the 27th of March? You know, and is anybody else going to be staying at your place? Well, they're not. So, uh, 
I've filled it in now. Not having anybody. They're not having my half of my sixty-five million pounds either, because it's caused so much trouble in the studio. Nobody's talking to me now. Nobody's talking. It's absolutely disastrous, and so I need to go to rehab. I'm not surprised that Charlie Sheen's had his little uh, breakdown. Poor soul. Uh, I don't have problems says Paul, with the rants of Denise and Tim on the show itself, and obviously it sells papers and ups the ratings. However, couldn't the producers of Loose Women put a ban on her going on about it on there? Yes, she's droned on for two days now. Boring Denise Welsh. I mean, really, dull, dull, dull. And he said, you mentioned Whiteley's, Bourneville. There's Port Sunlight in Liverpool. It's one of these villages built for the workers of... um... pretty Port Sunlight. Oh, you know it? Yeah. Oh, you've heard of it? Well, we filmed at it from this programme I did with Android Webber, which comes out in a few weeks. And we filmed at Port Sunlight because it's a kind of architectural um, sort of. It's, it's influenced by the Pre-Raphaelite art movement. Really, has been um, oh. there, there's there's that guy whose name I now can't remember who planned Port Sunlight and and built it all out as an one idea. of the Lever Brothers, probably. Yeah, uh, Lever Hume or something. Yeah, like, or something like that. Um, oh. As an idealised place to live, like that Bourneville place, or yeah. you know, quite pretty those um, little communities. Port Paul said, "I don't mind admitting." Uh, I watched the retirement village and don't mind admitting the tears streaming down my face, face when I saw them both play. It was so sweet. Oh, I, d- I really enjoyed hearing you talk about that. It was so good. I mean, it was it was a really he was a nice kid, and and he played the guitar. And this old bloke, you know, was quite happily singing along and playing his mouth organ. It was really lovely, actually, very lovely. Um, There's some really nice programs about the generation gap, aren't there, at the moment? Old yes, because whatever you say. You're ageing every day. Every yeah. minute of the day, you are ageing. And at some point, whether you like it or not, you're going to be like those people on the television. Yep. And I remember talking to my friend Michael yesterday, and he said, he said, what will happen to you when you get old and can't look after yourself? Oh, what, like, I said, what, tomorrow? And uh, I said, well, I'll go and live with my godchildren, probably. Hmm. I, I think it's going to be up to them to look after poor old Uncle Steve. You know, I shall just take down a little bit of money and some belongings in a knotted handkerchief, and I shall turn up and be incontinent all over the place, <laughs> <laughs> just to really annoy everybody. Because you have to think about it. It's, yeah. it's you know, you have to not not necessarily plan, but but you've got to think about these things. What's going to happen when you get a little bit older, or in my case, much older? I think we need more retirement communities. Yes, little where people look after themselves. Although some people there were sort of very active in their eighties yeah. and eighty fives, and some people weren't very active. And so it just depends. I think I'd be a fairly, pardon me, active 80-year-old. Yeah. Well, they have a lot, it's about, I think it's probably better in America if you've got money for that sort of thing. We need to take a leaf out of their book, the sort of Shady Pines retirement. Yes, yes. I quite like that idea. Happy old people doing yoga in the mornings. Oh, I don't want to do yoga. I think that looks ridiculous. They do it in Japan, don't they? It's all very slow and, yeah. and wonderful. I think I'd just be slow. Yeah, we could do slow, slow yoga. yeah. But we were saying, actually, and she was saying next door, strangely, she raised an interesting point. They had a boy there washing this this woman in her bath, and she said, isn't it awful that, you know, a young man is washing a woman? It should be a woman washing a woman and a man washing a man. But you get women washing men, don't you? You get a lot of that. Well, you get all the nurses. But whenever I've been into hospital on the odd occasion that I've been, might have had a twinge or something, it's always been a woman. Yeah. Always been a woman, and you on just the whole nurses. yeah. I mean, I mean, there are male nurses. But yes, but there's not as many as there are females. Women, no, so you no. tend to think. But I, I did feel so. And even even the lad was a bit embarrassed. Yeah. By it, and he sort of said, "I don't mind doing top bits, but," and they said, "Don't worry, she can do that herself." Right. You know, and you have to think about it. We're all the same underneath. In fact, we're, we're thinking about doing this program nude one day. Yes. If that's okay with you, yes, that's fine. Be more than happy to do that. Yeah. She, she's sort Maybe of semi agreed. It's a bit warmer outside. A lot warmer outside, and a lot warmer in here. Yeah, you know, it has to be quite yeah. quite warm, I think. So, as it's the start of Lent, tell us what you'll be giving up. And 
as it's National No Smoking Day. What are your tips for stopping? How did you stop? Do let me know on 84850 or LBC973. Uh, Anne is still laughing at the podcast from yesterday. So right about Denise Welsh. I'm, I'm never wrong about these things. I mean, I just think it's now... I mean, whether or not it's a setup, I don't know. I'm now being a little bit... A little bit uh, careful. Thank you to Sam and Stuart. The programme is called When Teenage Meets Old Age. They only made, th- made three episodes and you caught the last one. Oh, right. Oh, there's two before that. Thank you. It says, if you want a programme that gets your blood boiling, Working Girls. I haven't seen that. No. A girl called Casey is supported by her mother, her boyfriend and the system and thought it was perfectly normal not to work or earn her money and cut her allowance off. Oh, these stupid people. I'm not interested in people like that. I have, I have heard about it. There's a picture of her in the paper today. Another show that's t- been good recently is Junior Doctors on BBC Three. Or Young oh, Doctors, I've seen a little clip. There's a very big bloke. Yeah, big fat. girl. There's all, it's all idealistic, hard-working, l- decent young people trying to do a very difficult job and it's quite well made. Yeah. And they have to make very different learning decisions and having to cope with having to, you know, age sort of 22 or whatever, having to go into a room that's terminal. And oh, then, okay. so then you, so, so you don't see her, this young girl doctor actually do it, but you see her ha- preparing to do it and then coming out and going to the little doctor's room afterwards and yeah. she starts crying because she found it so upsetting because she's oh. just delivered this news to this person that's going to change their life and it must be the worst news they'll ever hear. Yeah. And she had to deliver it and now oh. it's all very upsetting for her. Dear. And then you see it from the other side because you see what the doctors are like after they've delivered you the news, you know, because obviously from our point of view, we're used to these people coming in and telling us things and yeah. then going away again. But this show, you see it from the doctor's point of view, so you're then in their little staff room and you see how oh, stressful how horrid. How horrid. But they're lovely people. Yeah. And they're dealing with the sort of frailty of everything and also they're dealing with, although they're very well educated and there's all this science and technology, how little they can do on certain things. Yeah. You know, that there's still so many things that doctors can't do much about. Yes. It was uh, actually, it, it's sort of funny, but it's terribly sad at the same time. I told people a while ago, I was reading this book uh, by um, a mortuary assistant and uh, only, only a young girl. And she'd sort of decided that was the profession she wanted to go into. And it, it was it got sent in here. for some Anyway, I was I was sort of reading it and she had to deal with all sorts of things. But also, you know, not only are you sort of having to find out the cause of why somebody died, and, and getting all these things in. But the, the harassment you get from relatives... She said on one particular one, and I, I laugh now, but at the time it must have been quite serious, they, they brought in a bloke who'd had a motorcycle accident. Unfortunately, his motorcycle had hit a tree, he'd been thrown off, his body had landed in a field where there was a plough, and it had severed his head. Oh. So the head came in with the helmet on... Right. And she said the one thing we had to do was sort of get it back out again. She said, and then when the relatives wanted to come and see him, she said we had to make... And she seemed so proud of the fact that the relatives would never have known because it was done and that she was so proud of her work. That she put the head back That on. she put the head back on again. And you think, it's so clever, really, you know, what people do and the satisfaction... Because, I mean, I wouldn't want to do that. No. I wouldn't want to be a nurse. I wouldn't want to have to, you know, to bathe. I couldn't... I can barely bathe myself, let alone bathing other people. But there are jobs that people do every day that they seem to get great pleasure out of. I watch them on the television, The Life of Grime. They go around there and they have to go through these people's filthy houses and, and everything, even working in the care home. It must take some special sort of person to do that. It's a very special sort of person. I don't think I'm that sort of person. I'm definitely not that sort I could of do person. Ritz crackers with cheese and pickle on, though, and I think that's pretty daring. <laughs> so giving up for Lent, Morel says, a good Jewish girl, I'm giving up sugar for Lent. She's giving up sugar as well sugar. next door. Sugar. I couldn't, I couldn't give up sugar. Of course you could. No. I've given up sugar. I don't... I don't take sugar. Well, She's been eating a lot of it recently. Yes. So you, know, George, you couldn't give up sugar? I don't think I could give up sugar. I think I'm addicted to sugar. 
Blimey, I haven't had sugar for years. Well. I haven't had sugar for... Well, I mean, put it this way, I've, had, go, Dave, I've never had sugar, sugar in tea, coffee, or on, or anything like that. I don't use it. I don't even have any sugar at home. No, I'm too frightened to eat it. You're diabetic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, there is sugar in some of the items I've eaten, admittedly. Yeah. But I don't, I don't physically have sugar. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've eaten, you know, sweeties before and yeah. uh, jelly babies, and I'm good on jelly babies. Sugar sandwiches? Oh, God, no. I've had those since I was about seven. <laughs> That's See, she likes sugar. We used to do it as a kid. You <laughs> get the bread and sugar. butter and you pour the sugar in. <laughs> Not now. Crisp sandwiches. Crisp sandwiches with, with... Oh, I was saying that to somebody the other day. Crisp sandwiches with salad cream. <laughs> yum, yum. Make me hungry now. We have to take a short break. Uh, Barb, Barbara says, why would anybody want to interview Christian Bale's mum on television? Uh, well, it's so that she could talk about her, her son. That, that, that's what it was, that's what it was going to be about, apparently. So, interesting. Uh, no more coffee for six weeks. What will I do, says Stephen Croydon. I uh, couldn't m- give up coffee. God, dear, you need to try more. <laughs> you couldn't give up sugar and you couldn't give up coffee. Of course you could. You can do all these things. Put your mind to it. You've got to be strong-willed. And I'm sure, I'm sure, if you put your mind to it, you can do it. I want a bank that talks about me, not about them. A bank that makes me question if I have the right ISA. I want a savings review whenever I please. And I want tax-free savings in an untaxing way. And you know what? It will... Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 26 minutes to 7, so Masterline celebrates a 40th birthday today. 40, apparently, is the new 30. Or, in my case, the new 57. Uh, Noreen says, uh, hope you're well. Wish Shirley a happy birthday for me, please. An LBC friend of mine. So, many happy returns of the day. Dawn went to see Katie Tunstall uh, yes. last night at the Forum. Brilliant gig. Last date on the UK tour. And she's now planning an overnight trip up north next week. Alistair Griffin is doing a gig in York next Tuesday. I hope the snow doesn't come down, because they have said that we might have snow, which is, which is not so good. So look after yourself. Make sure you, you, you're safe up there. Nick Ferrari this morning. Mehdi Hassan is looking at the uh, papers. Plus the census forms. Are you filling them out? Yep. Done it. Done it. Easy peasy. Lemon squeezy. And um, would you be less likely to smoke if cigarettes are sold in plain packets? The answer is, if you smoke, I shouldn't imagine you're remotely bothered by what the packet looks like. No, I wouldn't have thought it would make any difference. And the winner of Steve Allen's special iPhone 3GS on Sunday was Joan in Uxbridge. Well done, Joan. She had a bid of 26 pence made at 9.33 and 24 seconds. So, well done. She got the iPhone 3GS for 26 pence. Don't forget, every day this week with The Whale... He's offering you the chance to get an iPad 2, the new one, and I'll be doing it on Sunday. He's doing it every day this week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then on Sunday I'll give one away on the Sunday breakfast show, so uh, don't miss out on that one. So George Michael, page three of the Daily Star, mm-hmm. will never adopt because he says he's, he'd be just be too embarrassing as a father. So um, <laughs> he's conscious of how embarrassing some dads can be. Yeah. And he Is that a direct that reference he, to Elton, you think? Yeah, a direct yeah. reference to Elton and all the other people that have recently adopted children. And um, he's, I suppose he, he says that um, he wouldn't... He thinks that the kids would be bullied over his drug and casual sex antics. So he says, if they knew, reason, if they knew, yeah. Well, I suppose his school mm. friends and things would know, wouldn't they? To be honest with you, I mean, I, I, I don't think that you know you have to adopt. I don't think it's going to become compulsory. No. 
he actually could afford to probably give a child a, a very good start in life. So, I think Elton is maybe a little bit old to be adopting, but, I mean, the kid looks very happy and he's going to have a fantastic life. Not going to want for anything. Never. Whereas if, if it was George Michaels, he just gets to sit in a Range Rover and drive around in a haze of smoke. <laughs> so it's not exactly that exciting. I'd rather have, the, you know, the flowers and all the rest of it. Yeah, not snappy snaps again. Not snappy... Dad. Daddy! <laughs> snappy snaps! We've That's the third time! <laughs> Actually, it could be quite funny, actually, I think. Um, Steve, I'm giving up my diet for Lent, says Graham. There you go, that's a good one. And uh, I use the Teenage to Old programme for tutorial at college. It was very successful, says Elaine. Uh, Brian says, you know you're getting older when you look in the mirror and your father looks back. That is is awful. I mean, the the ageing process, especially if you're a woman, it's even more worrying. Uh, Please take a moment to my mum, Phyllis in Enfield, who's 85. She goes... She's off to Harlow today, on her own by bus... She's an inspiration, says Viv. I've been on a bus. I'm 85. Um, Steve, I gave up smoking years ago and taken up exercise. I'm fit mentally and physically. And uh, Sarah says, uh, for Lent, I'm giving up cakes, biscuits, sweets, chocolate crisps. I'm really going to try with the Siggies, mainly because my daughter had my first grandchild last Wednesday. There you go. Apparently, Garson's Farm sells sugar-free chocolate, milk, dark and praline. Very nice, says Gillian Molsey. I, I can't... I, I don't do this sort of... It's like diabetic stuff. I don't do diabetic chocolate or sweets or things like that. And Chris says, Many moons ago, we made crisp and dairy lee bread rolls. They were especially good, especially the smoky bacon ones. I used to love smoky bacon. Yeah, we, we like the sound of that. Crisp and dairy lee bread rolls. That sounds pretty cool. We like that one. I gave up smoking September 2010 after I woke up from an operation, after I was told I may not survive. When I woke up, I thought, this is my second chance of life, says Sheila, and I've not smoked since. That's what it takes to get somebody to stop smoking. But if if you enjoy your cigarettes, I'm not here to preach, I'm afraid. So this story is for everybody out there that knows how addictive blackberries can be, and that when you see that little flashing red light in your blackberry... Which I thought meant the fruit. Last thing at (laughs) night, or first thing in the morning, or when you're on holiday, or when you're in the cinema, or when you're in a meal and you're not meant to be working, and you see that little red light, and it's just irresistible not to check the message. There's this new piece of research that has come out that women who respond to out-of-hours emails or calls from colleagues feel more guilty than men. So when men aren't at work and they're out and, you know, on holiday or, yeah. or, or, and they respond to work queries, they don't feel guilty. But women apparently do. And they suffer psychological distress when dealing with work issues from home, when it interferes with their family life, according to this new big piece of uh, research, I think, in, in uh, the University of Toronto. I've never had a blackberry, so it doesn't mean a thing to me. Is, is, it, is it that... Ad- I mean, we all do well, it. We call them a, a crackberry, don't they? Because they are like crack... It is addictive. Is it? It is. Oh. It is. I'm it's slightly addicted. To, to my BlackBerry. Yeah, well, you need it for business. Yeah, but you don't know what the email will be. You just can't help check it. It's just the equivalent. Oh, An email oh. comes in. Do you not check your email and texts no. regularly? No. Do you not feel the need to look no. and see if anyone texted no. your email to you? Strangely not. No. I mean, if, 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 if somebody sends into my phone and, and, it's, and a message comes up, well, then, yes, I'll have a look at it. But to be honest with you, I'm not really... I'm not that bothered. I mean, I, I just cursory look at it and go, oh, right, yes, there's that one there. Oh, I'm completely addicted, you see. Oh, are you? Yeah, completely and utterly. Oh, dear, oh no. Well, of course, you're the sort of man who can't give up coffee or sugar. Yeah. So you've obviously got an addictive personality. I don't think I ever have an addictive personality. I think you have, just based on what you've just said. You just have to work. Work takes over your life now. So if I took your, your blackberry and just threw it out of the window... Oh, I'd have a nervous breakdown. Really? I'd have to check myself into rehab. You'd have to go into rehab very quickly. Uh, <laughs> dear me. It's terrible, isn't it, really? Uh, other stories of the paper today. Obviously, we want to know from you, incidentally, because it is the start of Lent. 
what you'll be giving up, and as it's National No Smoking Day, what are your tips for stopping? And uh, if you can't stop, well, I feel sorry for you. It, it can be done, but it's just just not easy to stop smoking. Uh, we found another couple of uh, a benefit fraudsters. This is Nicholas and Maya Arnold, both 57. Uh, they had a stud farm uh, out in uh, Welsh Wales near Bridgend. And, and, they, and they, they actually claimed that they, they couldn't do anything. Maya said chronic fatigue and depression meant she slept up to 20 hours a day. But they were looking after their goats and their horses and they were a pair of liars. And uh, so they're in the paper today. Another pair of fraudsters. So I hope when you see them out near Bridge End, you boo them. Uh, she also said she couldn't walk anywhere without a walking stick. They've never had a walking stick in their life. And uh, they received benefits for nearly 15 years. Although they only got... Six grand in care and mobility allowance after stating they were housebound. So they were found guilty and given an eight-week suspended jail term and told to wear electronic tags. Pair of fraud. See them out and about. Boo! Boo! Because they're stealing from you, ladies and gentlemen. They're stealing from you. That's what they're doing. But they had a stud farm. Ooh, I tell you. Uh, Carol says, my grandson, who's five, decided he's giving up Brussels sprouts for Lent. He said it so seriously we couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Giving up Brussels sprouts <laughs> for that. Well, that's one thing I certainly won't be giving up. It's white refined sugar that's addictive, apparently. Has a similar effect on the body as heroin. Eat raw cane sugar. It's got minerals that the body can use, says Minnie. Oh. Oh. Doesn't sound very exciting, does it? Raw cane sugar. I don't know. Uh, it's just brown sugar. Oh, just brown sugar. Boring. Boring. Sandal, lentil-eating people, you know. Well, what are we having today? Oh, nut roast. Never eaten a pair of sandals. You couldn't eat a whole pair of sandals, could you? I know you. Get stuff. Pardon? Taxidermy's back. Oh, good. Yeah. There you go. There's something for us to play with later. <laughs> Once dismissed as a Victorian throwback, taxidermy's yes. now hot stuff. Have you been to the Museum of Nearly Everything in Primrose Hill, where they've got that yes. great taxidermy that exhibition upstairs? I'm not fiddling with a cup. I'm not fiddling with a cup. I'm putting paper in cup, yeah. Is it annoying you? Good. Yeah. <laughs> It'll really annoy you now. Now I know it's annoyed you. Yeah, I'm going to annoy you. I'm going to do it. Wait a minute. Really annoying, OK. That annoying you too? <laughs> so taxidermy's back. I have been to the... Um, which museum, museum did I go everything? to? I've been to lots of museums where oh, they've yes. got... Lo- because the Victorian art of stuffing things was in everything. Yeah. And it's coming back, is it? Coming back into fashion. Oh, wow. Onto the paper today. I wouldn't um, want anything. Although, strange enough, I dreamt about it a short while ago. I dreamt that I'd been to an auction and I bought one of these big glass things which had lots of lots birds. of birds stuffed in there i quite like those sitting on branches yeah. and I, I quite uh, like it when there's um sort of country scenes of foxes having afternoon tea and things like yes that. yes i like that yes yeah. and rabbits playing cricket i've yeah. seen that like and kitten that. weddings yeah i've seen that one too that, that's a very weddings. popular one yeah. but, uh, but it, it is coming back but it used to be seen as a bit gross yeah but now it's very fashionable but no best houses have got them gnomes are coming back aren't they Oh, this is after Elton's film, isn't yeah, it? Romeo I quite, and I quite like gnomes. Maybe people, maybe there's this big thing. Maybe we actually like gnomes. We just need. Yeah, to but I don't know where they come, come from. Terms with it. I don't know what they. I mean, are they Irish gnomes or are they? Where are they from? Uh, well, that's the text question. <laughs> no, no, no. The text question is what you're giving up for Lent. <laughs> uh, I can hardly say I'm giving up gnomes for Lent. I don't know where gnomes come from. No, they, they just arrived. But they, they, they all seem quite nice, though, don't they? Always seem nice. Yeah. Well, they get you get sort of bad, evil gnomes. Have you ever been on a flight and and when when, when you check in at the airport, they actually give you massage? Well, I'd, I'd love a massage. Oh, do you like massage? Yeah, but I don't. I've never been offered one. 
Oh, have you not? Not in an airport. Oh, right. Where, where, where's this, in the executive lounge? In the executive lounge, they do offer massage. Well, anyway, two, two girls are in the paper today because they've had to stop massaging because they were asked to massage fat people. And apparently it's given them repetitive strain injury. And not one has gone off, but two have gone off. Oh, no. And, and they, 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 they won't be to massage again because they, and they should have been warned of the dangers. Of massaging the Of fat. massaging fat people. But I thought a lot of people who massage were fat. That's the whole idea. Anyway, they're suing for about £300,000 each. <laughs> they want for, for, for massaging fat people. Right. I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a little bit stressed today, moving this cup around in the studio. Yeah, it's very stressful. Well, while fat people aren't being massaged at airports, millions of, of us are going to be hit by airport walkouts over Easter. Oh. There's going to be air misery The Spanish. The, the Spanish. Spanish. Mass Spanish airport strikes yeah. over Easter. We're all going to be... There'll be, there'll be people interviewed or spent two or three days at the airport, lying on the floor, all the usual yes. sort of shots and scenes that we used to. Don't go to Spain, OK? Let's kick them where it hurts. Don't go to Spain. Because if the, the Spanish, you know, so they're, they're not bothered about you at all. In fact, they don't like us anyway, the Spanish. That's they've, why they serve us paella and stuff like that and give us sangria and bullfights. They've 19 days of strikes. Yeah, good. Don't go to Spain. Cancel everything to Spain. Go somewhere nice. Bogner's nicer this time of year. Very nice. Bogner's very nice. Or uh, Penzance. But you don't need to go to Spain. It's full of horrible Brits. Why would you want to go there? But you're right. It will be full of people standing at the airport going, uh, we've saved up for this holiday for the last uh, two years. We've, we've, we've been to this place, Malaga, before, and we're not bloody coming to Spain ever again. It'll be like that. Yeah. Even though we've told them, don't go to Spain, there will be the numbskulls yeah. who are going with kids, and it's ruined their holiday, right? Uh, <laughs> Jordan, Jason, sit down there. You know, <laughs> Kylie, come here. You know, it'll be like that. So, uh, quarter to seven... <laughs> With the news headlines, it's Holly. London Fire Brigade has revealed plans to save two million... Three. Thank you, Ian. It's Steve Allen. I love the story of Lucy Hunt. She was caught by police. Uh, her and her uh, boyfriend stole mobiles and jewellery, and she hid three mobiles in the middle of her cleavage. Must have been some cleavage. You can hide three mobiles. I mean, the police apparently found it. The cops discovered the phones in her cleavage, like, together with a kitchen sink, a wardrobe, and three pairs of shoes, I should imagine. Uh, Anne Palmer celebrates her birthday today. Many happy returns of the day, Anne. She's the round six zero. Oh, I know how you feel. Many happy returns, so Anne Palmer celebrates. If you bump into Anne Palmer, around and about, lots of love to you from Elaine and everybody else, and I hope you have a, a lovely, lovely day. Jonathan. Well, the police are ready to de- demonstrate their anger at pay and perks cuts, so the... Uh, they the can't latest... go on strike, the police, can they? I don't think they're allowed no. to. No, but they're not very happy about the proposed cuts that are going to come their way. Um, but it seems to be about bonuses and about overtime. That yes. They seem to be the issues, the sort of two big issues around how much police are paid. Um, that it's possible... I mean, there's one Metropolitan Police VIP Protection Officer earned £67,000 just in overtime wow. in one year, <gasps> which more than trebled his salary. So although their salaries aren't very big, mm. but, um, in terms of sort of bankers or, you know, other areas that sure. are under fire at the moment, not bad. it seems it's possible to earn really an awful lot of money on, in overtime and, and, mm. and, and, and so on. So maybe that's what's being looked at. £67,000 seems a lot. Rose is giving up alcohol for Lent. Hopefully I'll lose some weight like you did. Apparently alcohol, you, you really can lose a, a lot a lot of weight. Um, another one here. Uh, Patsy says, I heard you say you filled in your census form already. Well, if, you, if you're having no visitors on the 27th, 
you know, there's, you can fill it in online as well and say, it doesn't make any difference. If things change, you just uh, tell. Uh, Jeremy says, redoing your show in the nude. Thank God for radio. Not very nice. Hmm. I think I'm an icon for, for younger people nowadays. People look up to me. They have to. I'm giving up chocolate for Lent, says Sharon. But I went to a children's hospital fundraiser last Friday and won a suitcase full of it. I couldn't believe it. I shared one box with my partner and gave the rest to my happy and very grateful neighbour who's living with a brain tumour. A bo- oh, actually, yeah, chocolate wouldn't do it for me at all. I wouldn't enter a competition where the prize was chocolate. And uh, Paul says, my wife has celebrated the start of National No Smoking Day by having a cigarette, just like many other smokers, I would guess. I know, it's, because it's, it's not... You're not enforced to give up smoke. It's only if you want to, I suppose. And uh, Wayne, I can't remember the name of the book. I'll have to find out and let you know tomorrow. Okay. And uh, for Lent, I'm giving up watching TV, says Fred, and we'll do an hour study everyday maths. Okay. I'm giving up Facebook, as it's addictive. And uh, another one here. It says, gnomes come from no man's land. Thank you. Yes. And yesterday, our son James, age four, told his mum he's giving up behaving badly from Lent, says Paul. Seems okay. There you go. Uh, If you can't think of anything to give up for Lent, you could do something nice for someone or try to make yourself a better person. See, the trouble is here, I'm dealing with perfection, and it's it's a little bit difficult to make yourself... And I do things nice for people every day. I turn up for work, which I think is a nice thing to do. Okay, Steve, dismiss the £65 million pounds oh, right. for a moment. I've yeah, got a yeah. dilemma for you. Yeah. A new piece of research that's just, just, just come out by Psychological Science magazine. Shoppers are likely to keep quiet if they're mistakenly handed an extra £20 pounds at the supermarket checkouts. That <sighs> most people, mm. if they're given the extra 20 quid at the checkout, keep it. would keep it. Yeah. And they wouldn't say anything. We asked people before about this, and it turned out that you would... It's, it's described I it back. in this research as the sin of omission. They wouldn't steal it. Yeah. They'd never take £20 from the till. No. But they would not give it back. Because I think it. if you actually had a dishonest checkout assistant, she could have a friend coming in and she could give money to them in their change and then later, because they wouldn't know, uh, just go... I bet there's a few listening now going, that's a good idea. Never thought about that. And, um, and then they just go, you obviously gave somebody too much in their change. It could only happen the once. If it happened again, they'd have you off the till straight away. It's like working in a pub. Yeah. And, and you actually come in, you go, I'll have a, a vodka and Coke, and I give you a double. Yeah. Or failing that, I give you a double and only charge you for the Coke. Yeah. That, it, the, the, the dilemma would be, would you be honest enough? Most people would probably argue that the supermarkets have got loads of money, they're not going to miss 20 quid. Mm. But in fact, if it was a very small business, like a little corner shop or something like that, I, I wouldn't have any hesitation in no, giving but it most back. people wouldn't, if the, if the person at the back. checkout was looking the other way... Hardly anybody would reach in and take £20 from the till. No. Hardly anyone would do that. No, but, but, but we would keep it, it because it's been handed to you. So you Because been... the difference is you've not stolen it, they've given it to you, and you know that you've got too much money, yeah, and, and you, know you put it... yours. Yeah, but you put it in your pocket, don't you? Yeah. And you try and pretend you didn't know that they gave you too much money. That's what you do. Exactly. You actually go, thank you very much, they've... there's an extra tenner in here, and you put it straight in your pocket and walk out, and then the argument could be... If they then stop you, you go, well, I don't know, i just put it straight in my pocket. Let's have a look. Oh, they, d- they did give me that. That's what people would do. Yeah. And they wouldn't really get in trouble. No. I don't think you'd get in trouble because it's not your mistake. It's their mistake. It's their mistake. Yes. But- I love it when you actually give a note to somebody. In Waitrose, I gave a woman a £20 note the other day and she had the audacity and the cheek to hold it up to the light. <laughs> and so, so when she gave me a fiver in the change, I stood there and held it up to the light as well, <laughs> working on the assumption that if she thought I was going to fiddle her, I'm dis- I've decided I thought she was going to fiddle me as well. <laughs> 
It's terrible, really. Nobody trusts anybody nowadays. No. There was a girl who held up a £50 note, and they have to call a manager. Excuse me, £50 note. And so, and I said, but you can tell on a 50, you can run your fingers over it, it's raised. Yeah. You know, the forgeries don't have any raised right because it's too expensive to do. Right. They look at you blankly, though. <laughs> Can't do anything about it. So, would, would you keep the money at the till? Oh, I don't know. Yes, you do. Uh, I'd like to think that I wouldn't. Yeah. But you would. It dep- depend, I think, as you say, I think it slightly depends on the circumstances and the shop and, yeah. and, what, what and whether you like the assistant. And what mood you're in. Yes. I, I don't think in all circumstances I would keep the money, no. Really? No. But there would be some you would. Well, possibly. Right. Maybe if. Maybe if I was in a foreign country somehow. Oh, if God, even a, worse. If I was in a sort of huge supermarket in a foreign. Well, then, because then you might not... <laughs> you're just kidding yourself, aren't you? I, I think you need say to go to rehab. I think you've, you've gone so far down the line of dishonesty now. I know, I've, I've gone too far. Yes. How about you? What would you... I think I'd give it back. I would. I mean, I have given money back. I've actually said to them before, I think you give me too much. And they've gone thank you. But they, they hardly ever thank you. No. You know, it's almost like, oh, you know, we're not going to sort of say anything. Strange. Mm. Uh, wonderful northern impersonation, Steve. Takes me right back by gum, lad. E by gum. I love that. I, uh, love the photos on the LBC website, says Mary, especially the ones with you and the meerkats at London Zoo. So cute. I didn't know they could be quite tame. Um, they can, because they're at London Zoo, but you, don't, you certainly don't take them from anywhere else, I'm afraid. I watched that meerkat programme on the telly the other day, where they follow these, these two meerkat tribes and the hierarchy of meerkats. And the dominant female got ousted. She got bitten by Puff Adder. By the time she came back, her younger sister took over the running and made it quite clear, and then all of a sudden you're, you're a, n- a non-persona meerkat. Simples. Very tragic. Simples. Very tragic, you know, very tragic. Sadly, no more time. Oh, dear. So now, now we've discovered that Jonathan would keep the money uh, on certain occasions. We just haven't established what occasions they would be. <laughs> so I hope you're going to be honest today. Uh, Sharon says, everybody knows where gnomes come from. They come from China, like everything else. It is true. The Made in Britain, I don't think, applies to uh, to gnomes at all, does it? Listen, thank you very much indeed. Thanks very much. And uh, we've got Peaches Geld off on again tonight. Oh, yeah, with Dom Jolly. It's about fame and it's about furries. Fame and furries? Yeah. Oh, right. People who want to be famous and people who have a fursona, an inner animal. Oh, right. Oh. itching to get out. How lovely. I look forward to that one. That's on uh, ITV2 at about nine o'clock, I think. Uh, I'm back with you tomorrow morning. I'm going to interview Neil Tennant today for In Conversation. The Pet Shop Boys got a new album out because they've written a ballet score. A ballet score, so that'll be interesting for an In Conversation coming up. And uh, check out on the website, podcast, do all the usual bits and pieces, Nick and the team with you after the news at seven o'clock this morning. First of all, though, it's the business update with Holly Ford. The FTSE will reopen this morning after closing up just under a point at 59 at 7.